Welcome back to Sports Talk with Jim. Uh, hope you're enjoying the show. Coming to you from Williamsport, Pennsylvania tonight. Uh, you guys know I travel, so. But tonight, Williamsport. It's been a while since I've been in Williamsport. Williamsport's not. Uh, how do I say this? Williamsport's not a bad place to be. Just. I mean. If you're here for the Little League World Series, this is a great place to be. This time of the year, it's a little farther north than what what I live. So, and just north of here, which is a lot of where I work. Uh, thankfully, right now I'm not north of Williamsport. I'm I'm pretty much right in Williamsport, and but a little north of here, the weather changes. I mean, it, it's it's bad now. It, it's already. Uh, it's already quite a bit colder here now than where I live, but I'm still thankful that I don't have to go farther north than here. But if, like I said, if you ever get a chance to come out, come up this way, check out the Little League World Series. It's definitely worth the trip. And this isn't a big town, but I mean, they definitely roll out the red carpet for the Little League World Series. And there's a lot going on up here when that happens, and the weather is beautiful that time of the year. We're getting we're getting close to the time of the year where, which doesn't really matter anywhere you are in Pennsylvania, the weather's not perfect. It, it's not 70 degrees and sunny uh, come this time of the year. But we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, NBA season tipped off this week, and everybody, and the big story is Zion Williamson. I mean, nobody could wait to see this kid come out and play, see what he can do in the NBA. And unfortunately, uh, Zion had to have uh, meniscus surgery on his knee, and he's going to miss anywhere between six to eight weeks. Now, the Pelicans and the Raptors were to open the season, the first game of the season, and... Zion Williamson's out with an injury. Now, during that six to eight weeks, Zion Williamson's and check this out. And this is how this is how the NBA has marketed this kid. I mean, the NBA it does a good job at marketing things. Uh, we all know about the story going on with China and what the NBA stands to lose there. But one thing the NBA does probably better than anybody, any other sports organization, is they market their players. So Zion Williamson, everyone knew him coming into the league this year was going to be something that everybody wanted to see. Well, just in them 68 weeks, it's about 30 games he's going to miss and seven nationally televised games on TNT or ESPN that he's going to be out. I mean, Monday night's game, if you would have told the NBA, or Tuesday night's game, if you would have told the NBA when they set their season opener that Zion Williamson was going to be hurt, the Raptors aren't playing the Pelicans in game one. So, I mean, that's a big hit to the NBA. That's a big hit to the Pelicans that I don't know. I'm not going to make my baseball or my basketball picks. Basketball is an 82-game season. It's not football. So 
I'm not gonna make my picks now. We'll, we'll, I'll give you my basketball picks somewhere around Christmas time. By then, you kind of know what's going on and what's, what's not going on in the NBA. Right now is entirely too early to make my picks. Now, I think I said before on a show, a show or two ago that I think the Clippers. I, I, I think I'm leaning towards the Clippers, and I am. But we'll see how it plays out. Uh, but the first game of the night, Tuesday night, and I mean, you've already heard, like I said, we, we've already heard these stories, how Westbrook and Harden aren't going to work out after one game. Giannis Antetokounmpo pulls a triple-double on him. Uh, Westbrook and Harden are seen arguing uh, on the bench, or at least talking very animated on the bench and it's already out there that that's not going to work so and then we'll get into the golden state warriors golden state warriors lost their opening game and everybody was writing them off so but first we're going to talk about opening night we're going to talk about the first game in a little bit and uh which was the raptors the pelicans at the raptors the the raptors hung their banner their championship banner now we all know Kawhi leonard left it during the off season so that kind of you know i I mean it was Kawhi's team so and him leaving i don't think i don't think any of us are expecting toronto raptors to be back to the NBA Finals this year, but they they did get to hang their banner and they got their rings and these rings are incredible. There's a 1.25 carat diamond at the top of the Larry O'Brien Trophy. It's the largest single diamond in any professional sports ring. 1.25 carats. I mean, you need a truck to carry these rings around. Calvin Fleet, I mean, the ring's bigger than he is. Uh, The front of the ring, uh, it looks like the Toronto Skyline and the Scotiabank Arena, along with the team's uh, Chevron logo. Ring's got 74 diamonds around the skyline. To represent the team's 74 wins. Above the arena. On the front of the ring. There are six diamonds representing the six. Which rapper Drake. uh, Popularized as another reference for the city of Toronto. And by the way if you're Drake. And you're the biggest fan. And you're doing these weird things like. Uh, giving Nick Nurse massages on the uh, on the sideline there. I guess you get a ring because you got a ring. So all you do is be that creepy guy that's right there by the bench. Uh, touch the coach a little too often. Get a little too involved a little too often. And they give you a ring. At least in Toronto. This thing's got 16 rubies. And the 16 jersey numbers of the players on the championship roster. 
Inside the ring, the championship logo is engraved above the Raptors' postseason series records, and a ruby is set inside the maple leaf representing Canada. One side of the ring features the player's name and number. The other side has World Champions 2019 above a Raptors logo. The ring boasts 14 carats worth of diamonds and more than 650 total diamonds. And during the game, each fan that had a ticket to the game, this is pretty cool. They get a replica of the championship ring. Didn't get the real thing. Drake, Drake got the real thing. They didn't get the real thing. But Raptors opened the season. They won their first game. But the big game Tuesday night was in Los Angeles in the Staples Center. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Kawhi Leonard and the Paul George Less. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul George Less. Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers, they win the game 112 to 102. James looked pedestrian. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, the Clippers clearly looked like, like the better team in this game. Clearly looked like the better team in this game. And they didn't even have Paul George. Paul George was in a tuxedo on the bench. But, again, let's not overreact. It's only the first game of the season. So, but, one thing is, I mean, Los An the Lakers have owned Los Angeles. Owned them. The Clippers were an afterthought. And one thing that it did do, I mean, it's the first game of the season, but it was built up as the game to see. It, it, it was built up like this game meant something. And don't get me wrong, the Lakers... Uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, everybody involved, they come down to earth. They were like, it's only one game. But it was a game that, that I think the Clippers set out to make a statement. I think the Lakers set out to make a statement. I think both teams were hyped for this game. Both teams wanted to win this game. And even though it was the first game of the season... It was definitely a very, very important game for these two teams. And the Clippers, the little brothers of Los Angeles, kind of gave their big brother a uh, black eye. And, I mean, the Clippers look good. And that's without Paul George. And that's without their second best player. And I say their second best player because, of course, Kawhi Leonard is their best player. Just flip the channel over here. Michigan's up 17-0 on Notre Dame. Now, I, I said this is going to mean a lot with Notre Dame. I didn't expect Michigan to play a good game tonight. Uh, I don't think Michigan's looked very good. But... Tonight they're giving Notre Dame all they can handle. And that goes back to if Notre Dame loses, that's a two-loss team for Notre Dame. So what's that going to do 
to them as far as the college football rankings. But back to basketball, I, I mean, the Clippers, and the Clippers, they continued to to destroy the powerhouses in out in California. Is Thursday, Golden State opened up their new arena, the uh, the Chase Center, and the Clippers went in there and destroyed the Golden State Warriors, one forty one to one twenty two, beat them by nineteen. Now again, this is only the first game. That's not the way you want to open a new arena, especially if you're a team like the Golden State Warriors that have been on top of the NBA. So that's not the way you want to open up your brand new arena with all your fans there. But again, Kawhi Leonard just went in there and took it to him. Now, after the game, Steve Kerr said this is more the reality of the NBA. The last five years, we've been living in a world that isn't supposed to exist. Five years, basically, record-wise, the best stretch anybody has had over five years. Well, this is reality. And you know what? Steve Kerr is right. Steve Kerr is right. Now, is... And now everybody's saying Golden State's done. Charles Barkley, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson out. Uh, I believe for uh, it's an ACL. He'll be out. Uh, it came out earlier before the season started that Kerr came out and said that he he didn't plan on Clay Thompson playing this season at all. And of course that that. That turned into Steve Kerr saying that uh, Clay Thompson wouldn't play at all. And that's not what he said. He just said he, he's not planning for it. Of course, if Clay Thompson's ready to play in March, Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors will open him, uh, welcome him with open arms. But this goes back to and Kevin Durant left. So, and I saw a report today where Kawhi Leonard said uh, the only similar thing in the team is that you had Steph Curry, but them missing Clay Thompson is a huge deal. Uh, everybody's ready to write this off, and Clay Thompson in the building. What I was getting to when I I said earlier, everyone was ready to write him off. Well, Charles Barkley at the beginning of the uh, show said that uh, he expected Golden State to get in the playoffs as a 7 or 8 seed. And then at halftime, while Clay, Clay Thompson was there with the TNT crew, Barkley said he was wrong, that Golden State wouldn't make the playoffs. I mean, Barkley, to quote Barkley, he said, when you look at your team, you say Steph can get 30, D'Angelo Russell can get 20, Draymond Green, even though he's a heck of a player, he's only going to get me 15. And that's not enough in the Western Conference. Now, of course, Clay Thompson came back. Clay said Chuck has the right to be a little pessimistic, but I think these young guys are going to step up. He went on to praise the Warriors' young guys, Jordan Poole, Glenn Robinson, Marquise Chris. But, again, 
we're in week one of the season. Not even a full week through the NBA season. And we're writing off the Golden State Warriors. And the reason we're writing off the Golden State Warriors is because they don't have Kevin Durant. Well, the Golden State Warriors won before Kevin Durant. The Golden State Warriors, the reason they're... They lost Andrew Andrew Iguodala. It's not Andrew, it's Andre Iguodala. They've lost a few pieces, but the biggest piece they're missing now... That I could agree with Barkley. That could be the difference between them making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. But the biggest piece that they're missing right now, or the one piece that if they had right now that would make this team that much better, is Steph Curry's running mate. It is the guy that was talking to Barkley and the TNT crew, and that's Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson comes back in March. Golden State definitely makes the playoffs. Golden State then becomes honestly a fear of a lot of your playoff teams in the NBA, in the West. Because Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, the, the uh, what do they call them, the Smash Brothers, they... I mean, that's all you need. Right now, you've got one scorer on that team. One one guy that everything's going through is Steph Curry. Now, these young guys, I, I agree with Thompson. The young guys, the Marquise Chris, uh, they'll step up. Glenn Robinson the third, they'll step up. They'll keep Golden State close enough that if Clay Thompson can return in March, not only do I see... The Golden State Warriors making the playoffs. But I also see Golden State winning the the first round of the playoffs. And whoever they're against in the second round, definitely giving them something to think about. And then you got down in Houston. Like I said, down in Houston, I mean, Harden couldn't get out of his own way. Harden, Harden didn't look good. Westbrook, he he actually looked pretty decent, but Harden didn't look good. He didn't have a good game. Giannis Antetokounmpo fouls out of the game, and the Milwaukee Bucks still win. Like I said, there there was reports that Westbrook and Harden were animated on the on the bench in their conversations. So immediately, game one, and this isn't going to work in Houston. So now we're right off Houston. So now, so far in the West, we've rode off Houston. We've rode off Golden State, uh, the Lakers. After game one, now the Lakers came back and beat uh, Utah. But after game one, the Lakers weren't going to be any good. After game one, they weren't going to be any good. now that they beat Utah, they're they're back in the conversation. It's like I said, it, it's a it's a game by game basis. It's a week by week basis in the sports world anymore. We don't wait to find out what's going to happen. We don't wait to see. We don't give these teams time to identify themselves as the type of team they could beat. It's what have you done for me lately? 
What have you done this past game? You look terrible. You're no good. We are two games into the season, and we're writing teams off. Now, don't get me wrong. There's teams in the league that you can probably write off. The New York Knicks, you can probably write off. The Cleveland Cavaliers, you can probably write off. In the West, Sacramento Kings, Memphis Grizzlies, you can probably write them off. I'm not to the point where I'm going to write off the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. It's way too early for that. It's way too early to be talking about that. Injuries play a part, but we're not even talking injuries. We're talking about giving a team time to find itself. Giving a team time to come together. And they don't play a whole lot of preseason games in basketball. In preseason, the Stars play, but it's getting kind of like football. They don't play much. They play just enough to get a fill. So now game one, game two, and we're already writing teams off. And right now the Miami Heat in the East have the best record, 2-0. I haven't seen reports that the Miami Heat are going to be the NBA Finals champion. L.A. Clippers and Denver Nuggets, which are in the Dallas Mavericks and the Minnesota Timberwolves, are all 2-0. Now, I have seen reports that the Clippers are going to be the champion. And going into the season, I don't know that I could have argued with that. I think my Clippers are the, the Clippers are my favorite right now. But I'm not ready to write off Houston and Golden State and say they're done. I'm not there. A little more basketball news before we take a break. Now, I've got away from watching basketball. I, I watched basketball faithfully for the longest time when I was a little bit younger. And like I told you before, I, I when I lived in Florida, I watched Dwight Howard when he was younger. I enjoyed watching him play. But where I watched the majority of my basketball was back in the day of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Back then, I, I didn't I didn't miss a game. I watched all basketball. I watched Barkley with the Sixers. Watched Barkley the Suns. Danny Ainge on the Suns. Dan Marley against Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. That was basketball's heyday. Even before that, I watched a lot of the Magic and Bird era. But here recently, I've kind of got away from it. Since I started building these super teams, I haven't watched as much basketball. Now, I see enough of it to to still know that when the greatest player of the game comes up, I mean, one, on a real basis, for one, it's it's different eras of the game, so it's not really comparable. But if you want to try to compare it that way, and you want to go for my answer for that, whether it's uh, Michael Jordan or LeBron James or or Kobe Bryant, my answer is always going to be Michael Jordan. Always going to be Michael Jordan. What he did for basketball, he took him. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird took basketball to an extreme level what Michael Jordan did is he took it to the next level 
And there's arguments that LeBron James and Kobe Bryant have taken it even farther. But LeBron James and Kobe Bryant's uh, games, a lot of the players in the league, their games wouldn't be what they are now if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. So I'm not going to get into that discussion. It's plain and simple. Uh, once we do get this to where you can call in and we can take live calls and we're doing this live, don't ever call me with a comparison in basketball as far as the greatest of all time because my answer is always going to be Michael. And whatever your argument is, I don't want to hear it. But with that being said, Michael made some news this week. Uh, he's on NBC's Today Show, and uh, Craig Melvin interviewing him and asking him if his top five. And Jordan came out and said his top five still: Hakeem Olajuwon, Magic Johnson, Scottie Pippen, and James Worthy as his four teammates to face any five-man lineup in NBA history. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to tell you, Kevin Durant had this too. I don't have the five players that he picked as his, but, of course, he picked Kyrie Irving. Oh, Kevin Durant was asked out of the teams he's played with, the best five-man team that could be put on there. And, of course, Kevin Durant picked Kyrie Irving and left Steph Curry off of it. Well, I mean, let's get real. Kevin Durant had to pick Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is with the Brooklyn Nets. If Kevin Durant was still playing for the Golden State Warriors, do you you think he would have picked Kyrie Irving? No, he would have picked Steph Curry. Or even right now, if Kyrie Irving wasn't with the Nets on him, he would have picked Steph Curry. And Kyrie Irving is is a great guard in the NBA, but Kyrie Irving isn't Steph Curry. And if I'm wrong, and Kevin Durant says that somehow tries to convince everybody that that's actually what he thinks, then Kevin Durant needs to take a look back at everyone he's played with. And Kevin Durant will see next year now, like I said, Kyrie Irving's a great guard in the NBA. I'm not taking anything away from him. But next year, Kevin Durant will see Kyrie Irving isn't Steph Curry. Like the rest of the world can see now. But anyhow, going back to uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, Craig, Craig Melvin said, so Steph Curry shouldn't be offended when he watches this. Jordan's response was, I hope not. He's still a great player. Not a Hall of Famer yet, though he's not. So, do we really think that Michael Jordan thinks Steph Curry isn't a Hall of Famer? I mean, Magic Johnson tweeted out Tuesday telling everyone to relax. We know Steph Curry is a future Hall of Famer. Michael Jordan couldn't say it because he would get fined by the league. And that's coming from Magic Johnson, who uh, got fined $500,000 uh, for talking about Paul George's $500,000 fine for tampering and uh, another $50,000 for his comments about Gian- Giannis Antetokounmpo of the, uh, the Bucks, 
he got fined five hundred fifty thousand dollars for tampering in both them situations. So, is that the reason that Michael said that? I mean, let's face it. There was a big uproar about this. People saying that Michael Jordan, somebody needs to open Michael Jordan's eyes to talent. Now, I don't know if Michael Jordan said this so he he didn't get fined. I have to think that Michael Jordan, owner of the Hornets, I have to think that he's got the money to pay the fine. Now, at the same time, I, I also see Michael Jordan not not going into it just to avoid the fine. You know what I mean? He he's why why stir up a hornet's nest and get the black eye that Magic got for being fined and, and being considered that you're tampering with another player? Why do that? So I could see Michael going into it that way. What I can't see is that Michael Jordan thinks Steph Curry isn't a Hall of Fame basketball player. Now he's right; he's not. A Hall of Famer yet. Because he's still playing. He's done all that he needs to do. To make it as a Hall of Fame. If Steph Curry retired tomorrow. He would be in the basketball. The NBA Hall of Fame. No question about it. And is there anybody in their right mind. Out there that thinks. That Michael Jordan doesn't know that. There's a lot lesser players. Than Steph Curry. In the basketball hall of fame and michael jordan knows that so i agree with magic everyone needs to calm down why he said it the way he said it i'm not sure but there's no doubt in my mind that michael jordan knows that steph curry is a future hall of famer but like i said he's not wrong steph's not in the hall of fame yet but he will be just a little update houston still up two nothing in the bottom of the third, I don't know why I'm updating you guys because by the time you can listen to this, this the game will be over. But Michigan uh, still up 17 nothing over Notre Dame. We come back, we're going to talk a little NFL. Talk about the fines in the NFL. A lot of disgruntled play- players. Or at least a couple on the same team disgruntled players. And we're going to talk about Adam Schefter, Tom Brady. Where is he going next? I don't know. I've got my opinion. I'll give it to you. We'll actually talk a little bit about where he could go next when we come back. Hey, are you an avid sports fan like me, but you listen to the radio and you're looking for something new, something that is not controlled corporately? Well, I got something for you. Check out my podcast, Sports Talk with Jim. It's completely unfiltered, uncensored. I'm going to tell you what I think of what's going on in the sports world. And you know what? I want to hear your opinion. So check us out. We're available on six different platforms. We're available on Anchor.fm, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Check us out. Also, check out the website at www.sportstalkwithjim. Check out our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Jim.
Let us know what you think. Check out the show. You won't be disappointed. Welcome back to hour number two of Sports Talk with Jim. Hope you guys are being entertained. We're going to go into a little NFL football the way we end the shows. Now, you know what? i got to ask you something. And I'm hoping I get some input here. Part of the problem with that, I, part of the thing I don't like about doing the show once a week. One, there's so many things that happen during the week, it's kind of hard to talk about them. And then you've got uh, next week's football games. Now, of course, after football season, we won't have to worry about that. But you'll have, you've got my picks. And there's so many things to talk about and so many things to go through that I was thinking instead of doing a three-hour show on Saturday to try to boil it down to maybe a one-hour show every day. The only issue with that is I don't know that I can physically do that. Uh, I don't know that it's physically or actually feasible for me to do an hour show every day. But if I can do an hour or two hours say three times a week it might make the show easier to go by because i i feel like we're missing so much and i've got to i've got to skim through everything so quick that i feel like i'm missing out because during the week when certain topics come up and they come up during the week and at that point i'm like you know what that, that that's something i want to talk about And then by the end of the week, I've got an entire week's worth of stuff to go over. And a lot of stuff doesn't make the cut that you really want to get into. So, I mean, give me your opinion on that. Hit me up on the website. It's www.sportstalkwithjim. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go that route or or what I'm going to do. But just an update. Like I said, I, I continue to update you, but... By the time you can listen to this, you all, the game will be over. You already know. But Houston Astros, top of the fourth, up to four to nothing over the Washington Nationals. Like I said, whoever wins tonight's game, I think wins the World Series. So right now, Houston up four nothing, but they are in D.C. D.C. Washington does have some bats. Now, with that being said, we're going to get into a little bit of NFL. And first, I'm going to start out. I mean, there's some stories going on. We're going to touch all of them, believe me. Not all of them, but we're going to touch. We're going to touch the Tom Brady thing. We're going to talk a little bit about the trades that happened. I saw a great story that I want to tell you about. A little bit of the camaraderie in the NFL. But. What was I saying about the NBA? We're already writing off teams. They don't matter. It's what have you done for me lately? Well, I'm guilty of the same thing, and many of you are in the NFL. Dallas Cowboys lost three in a row. They were done. I mean, I even said it right here on this program. I looked at who they played during that that three-game winning streak they had. And they didn't really play anybody. 
and then they lost three in a row and I said well hold on maybe Dallas isn't that good then last Sunday night Philadelphia comes into Dallas and they absolutely destroy the Eagles 37 to 10 made them look silly absolutely silly then I mean Russell Wilson the Seattle Seahawks Russell Wilson MVP he turns around and loses to the Baltimore Ravens what about the Los Angeles Rams I think I said it on here too they're in trouble lost three in a row in trouble they come out and win 37 to 10 I don't think they came out 137 to 10 because they signed Jalen Ramsey. I mean, like I told you, I don't think Jalen Ramsey is the fix to their problems. I think their problems right now are on offense, not defense. Now, Jalen Ramsey's definitely going to help the defense, but I don't think that fixed the problems with the Rams. San Francisco 49ers. For weeks I've been telling you I don't buy into the San Francisco 49ers. They won again. They won 9 nothing. Now they got a great defense. I'm not going to take that away from them. they got a great defense. They're 6-0. and I just can't buy into Jimmy Garoppolo. I just can't buy into that San Francisco offense. Now this week they traded for Emmanuel Sanders from the Denver Broncos hoping that they help that that he helps their passing game. But I just don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't I don't know that I see him I don't know that I see Jimmy Garoppolo as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I, I just can't buy into him yet. But again, I mean, you know, I've been telling you I don't buy into him, I don't buy into him, I don't buy into him, and all they keep doing is winning and winning and winning. Last week on my picks against the spread, which I'm proud of this. I'm proud I went 7-6. and six. Proud I went 7-6. and six. Now, it... Do I need to sell the farm and start gambling for a living? I don't know if I'll go that far, but I'm proud of the 7 and 6. Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, I can't see San Francisco coming out of that division. I just can't see it. Now, their defense, like I said, their defense is great. Nick Bosa. I, I mean... The defensive line, they get pressure. They don't have to blitz. I mean, they've got a defense for the ages. But I don't even see them winning their own division. You've got Seattle and the Rams in there. Like I said, I think the Rams are in trouble a little bit. After losing three in a row, I think the Rams got to figure out their offense. I think uh, Todd, Todd Gurley and his arthritic knee is an issue for the Rams. The Rams aren't the same offense they were last year. 
the Rams defense I don't think is as dominant as it was last year. As, as crazy as it sounds, I think they miss Nadonikum Sue on that defense. Uh, Jalen Ramsey might be the missing part of the defense, but I still think they have to do something with offense. I still think their offense is still missing. And with Gurley's knee, it's not going to get better. It's just not. But again, I was ready to write the Rams and the Cowboys off last week after losing three in a row. Can't lose three in a row in the NFL. It's not the same NFL. But again, it goes back to it's a week-by-week game. Ready to write Dak Prescott and the Cowboys off. And they come back and they handle the Philadelphia Eagles. So, last week, Deshaun Watson and the Texans, and we're going to get into that. I hear all this MVP talk. All this MVP MVP talk, we're just now at week 8 of the season. And I hear all this talk about MVPs. Patrick Mahomes. You know what? He's out of the MVP race because he had a dislocated kneecap. He's not going to play this week. Could play next week. Not going to play this week. But who's going to take the top spot? Russell Wilson. He could be the MVP. Now he lost to Baltimore. So Baltimore beat Seattle. So now Lamar Jackson's your MVP. Christian McCaffrey of the the Carolinas of the Carolina Panthers. He he's your MVP. But since when does the MVP go to someone other than a quarterback? With Aaron Rodgers with his six touchdown six touchdown day and perfect passer rating, first time in his career by the way, which is hard to believe. But first time in his career, first time ever for the Green Bay Packers, which is even more hard to believe considering they had Favre also. Perfect quarterback rating. Six touchdowns. Five passing, one running. Aaron Rodgers rushing for a touchdown. Still running to make things happen. Like I said, I don't like a running quarterback, but someone that's a little mobile that can move and make plays happen. But all of a sudden, he's... he's. I saw an article. First time in three years, he's back in the MVP race. I also saw another article. Last week, when Washington beat Kansas City, Deshaun Watson's in the MVP race. Now... This past weekend, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans going to Indianapolis and Jacoby Brissett and the Indianapolis Colts beat them 30-23. So now when that game's over, nobody's talking about Deshaun Watson as your MVP, but now all of a sudden Jacoby Brissett is in the race for the MVP. We're at week eight, people. And to, you know who's not in the race for the MVP? Tom Brady. 
Tom Brady's not having a good year. Tom Brady's 7-0. How is he not having a good year? Tom Brady is not with a good offense. Tom Brady's offense is lackluster at best. That's why New England went out this week and picked up Muhammad Sanu from the Atlanta Falcons. Because Tom Brady's offense needs help. But he's 7-0. and how, how is he not in the MVP conversation? Yeah, the, the Patriots might have the best defense in the league right now. But how is he not in the MVP conversation? Tom Brady does what he needs to do to win. He's 7-0. and and somebody else, now who is in the conversation for the next team is Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook, for my money right now, Christian McCaffrey is probably the most valuable player to his team right now. With Cal Allen as quarterback, uh, Christian McCaffrey is probably the true MVP for his team right now. I don't know that the Panthers can do what they do. I also saw an article saying that if Cam Newton's ready, he should come back and get the starting job. It shouldn't be a question. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. With Kyle Allen as your quarterback, you're winning games. With Kyle Allen, like we we talked a couple weeks ago, with Kyle Allen, I think Christian McCaffrey is playing better. I think the entire offense is playing better. Not because I think Kyle Allen is ultimately a better quarterback than Cam Newton. I just think that he fits with what Carolina is doing, trying to do better than Cam Newton does at this point in Cam's career. So I can't say that Cam Newton comes back and gets a starting job when he's ready to play. I don't agree with that. But somebody else that isn't getting mentioned in this MVP race. And like we said, it's it's pretty much... I can't remember the last time a quarterback didn't get the MVP. So you got to look at your quarterbacks. Well, one quarterback that's not mentioned ever in this is Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk Cousins came out first two weeks, didn't throw the ball, didn't 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 play the quarterback position as we see the quarterback position. And Kirk Cousins, even in that time, came out and said that he just wanted to win. He didn't care how he won. And he proved that because he wasn't throwing the ball. Now, Kirk Cousins, like I've said before, he's been bashed that he's always someone to pad his stats and wants to look good and everything like that. But then you go into, you got Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs complaining about the way he's playing quarterback. Kirk Cousins comes out and publicly apologizes for the way he's playing quarterback. Well, since that has happened, somehow Stefan Diggs is number two in the league in receiving yards. Only behind Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. Somehow, 
Kirk Cousins has got 1,995 yards passing. 175 for 283. A completion percentage of 61.8. Average yards per game, 285 yards per game. And he's got the highest QB rating of any quarterback in the league. At a 115.2. But yet, Kirk Cousins doesn't belong in the conversation for MVP. Now, Minnesota's in second place of their division behind the Packers. But Kirk Cousins is playing football, you guys. You guys are, are missing out on something here. Because Kirk Cousins thrown for over 300 yards a game. Kirk Cousins is playing like an MVP quarterback right now. But nobody's going to mention Kirk Cousins' name in this list. Again, I mean, you've got, well, Deshaun Watson was there. He loses to the Colts. Now all of a sudden, Jacoby Brissett's in there. Aaron Rodgers comes out. He has a perfect quarterback rating and six a six-touchdown day. He's there. Deshaun Watson was there. Russell Wilson before he lost to the Ravens. And because Russell Wilson lost to the Ravens, Lamar Jackson is now your front runner for MVP. Patrick Mahomes, we forget about him. He he, he dislocated his kneecap and now all of a sudden he's out of the running for MVP. And we're having these conversations at week eight. Week eight, who's gonna be the MVP? There's 17 weeks in the NFL season. And we're determining who's the MVP at week 8. Honestly, the MVP, halfway through the season, I can see I can see that. Your MVP halfway through the season, and for me, like I said, your most valuable player to their own team, has got to be Christian McCaffrey. But the MVP through the season, I don't know. I think I think Mahomes, Cousins, but you can't throw out Brady. And just, just to prove what I'm saying, uh, 22 for 36, 285 yards Thursday night. And that was a bad game for Kirk Cousins. 23 for 36. That's pretty damn good. I'll take that any day. But again, it's a week-by-week lead. We don't care what you did last week. Unless you were bad. Then we care. If you were good, unless you were the best, it doesn't matter. And Tom Brady, Tom Brady may be the MVP for the first half of the season because, like I said, what he's doing with that offense, that offense is bad. New England Patriots' offense is bad. Now, you wouldn't know it last Monday playing against the Jets. And you wouldn't know it looking at that game. But it was the Jets. And in that game, Sam Darnold was caught. He was mic'd up and caught saying he was seeing ghosts. Then 
his head coach comes out and says that New England wasn't disguising their defenses. I mean, make up your mind here. Because if your quarterback's seeing ghosts, I hope they're disguising their defenses. Because if not, you got bigger troubles ahead. But in that game, Brady, 31 for 45, one touchdown, one interception, 249 yards. No, they're not great numbers. But the number that matters, and I've heard this argument, and I, I think I spoke about this argument before, that <clears throat> wins and losses isn't a QB statistic. But it is. That's how we rate our quarterbacks, is wins and losses. Like it or not. That's how they get into the Hall of Fame. Super Bowl wins. It's that simple. So are wins an actual quarterback stat? Yeah. Whether you want to admit it or not, they are. And Tom Brady's 7-0. With a dismal offense. Like I said, they picked up Mohamed Sanu... From the Atlanta Falcons. Probably going to release Josh Gordon. Who is out. He was on IR. He'll probably be released within the next week or two. Uh, honestly not a big Jeff, Josh Gordon fan. But I do hope my Steelers are looking at that. Might not be a bad pickup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I Actually if Gordon can keep his head straight. He's not a bad pickup for a lot of teams. But. Especially for the Steelers. Maybe take some of the pressure off Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, but Muhammad Sanu going there. Hopefully for Tom Brady. Give him what he's looking for as far as a receiver. Uh, Gordon hasn't worked out for him. Edelman. And you've had injuries there. They do have Philip Dorsett also. But. And one thing, we're going to come back to Brady. We're coming up on a break. I don't want to get into it before the break. Actually, you know what, we'll get into it. Adam Schefter reported this past week that Tom Brady is setting up to move away from the New England Patriots. Tom Brady is setting up his he set up his contract to where it's void after this year selling his home his trainer is selling his home and we all know Brady said a couple years ago he wants to play until he's 45 so Adam Schefter has reported that Brady is setting up to play for another team Brady, of course, came out said it's a lot of hype. Said uh, the great part for him is that at this point he doesn't know. At this point he's playing on borrowed time. Uh, he never expected to play 20 years. He's playing on a great team and it's just been an incredible 20 years of his life. He says one day I'll wake up and I will feel like, okay, that'll be enough. When that day comes, that day comes. I don't know if it will be after this year. I don't know if it will be five years from now. I don't have to determine those things right now either. That's kind of a good part of where I'm at. 
So, Adam Schefter reporting that Tom Brady is setting up to play for another team. Now, before we take a break, I'm going to tell you what I think. Actually, I'm not. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll come back and we'll dive into where Tom Brady could be looking to play again. Somewhere else. And why he might want to play somewhere else. And then I'll give you my opinion on what I think is going on with Tom Brady. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back and we'll dive into Tom Brady. Dive into a little more of the NFL. Got a feel-good story for you in the NFL that I want to make sure makes it on the air. Uh, All these guys are not bad guys. And I want to make sure we cover that. And of course, as the show comes down to an end, we're coming into the end of hour number two here. Hour number three, we'll we'll talk Tom Brady. We'll talk uh, a little more NFL. My feel-good story for the NFL, and I'll give you my picks against the spread again this week. Did I mention I was seven and six against the spread last week? Like I said, you might not be excited about it, but I am. We'll be right back. Hey guys, if you're like me, you're a huge sports fan, but it's really hard to find a good sports talk show on the radio to listen to. A lot of them are owned by the same company who tells their host the opinions they should have, or they're just a show that's coming up with these hot takes that have no validity to them, and they're just looking for more clicks or more listeners. If you want a fan's perspective, a different outlook on the sports world, and a true opinion, right or wrong, then check out my new podcast, Sports Talk with Jim. We're available on Anchor.fm, Spotify Podcast, and anywhere else you listen to your favorite podcast. Also, check out our website at www.sportstalkwithjim. Check out our Facebook page at Sports Talk with Jim. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on the website. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us your opinion. And you know what? Check it out. It's something new and original, and you might like it. Thanks for listening.